This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, welcome back. Final hour here of The Killer Bees. Ben Standing and Britt Giroli, we write for The Athletic. Uh, but we're here with you today till 9. Right now, we've been talking a ton about the Washington football team, I was out there today where Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew gave the final send-off press conference before. While the players are already off their merry way to wherever they go, for R- Rivera Mayhew, it's only just beginning. They've got a lot of work to do to reshape this team. We discussed a bunch of that today with them. The quarterback situation, we've been taking your calls at 800-636-1067 on specifically, what do you think Ron Rivera is ultimately going to do at quarterback uh, Britt, we're going to keep talking about that, and I want to talk about Terry McLaurin. We asked Rivera today about that, and I actually spoke to Terry McLaurin yesterday and asked him directly about his contract situation. That article's on The Athletic. We'll talk about all that in a second, Britt, but um, you ever walk up to, like, you go to the vending machine, and you have to make it to, like, you don't really quite know what you want to do, and you have to make a call? I, I, I just did that a few minutes ago. I got peanut butter-filled pretzels. Mm-hmm. You know, we're making fun of, like, can Washington draft the right players? I don't feel like I drafted the right snack. That This did not this did not quench my thirst, so to speak. I, I was happy. I don't, even, I don't even understand what I did. Nothing here is actually what I wanted on any level, but somehow I ended up with peanut butter-filled pretzels. Can I tell you a secret, Ben? Uh, sure. You and everyone who happens to be listening, I don't eat food from vending machines. I just don't do it. Well, this is what you're a you're literally a world class athlete. No wonder. So the last time that I got stuck eating from a vending machine was Fenway Park. I want to say five or six years ago. I was training for a marathon. The Orioles were playing the Red Sox in that marathon game that starts at 11 a.m. Sure. They played 18 innings. So all of a sudden, your dinner plans were done. It was like nine or ten o'clock in the press box, and I had run 20 miles that morning to get ready for my marathon. And I was like starting to feel lightheaded. So I got a 20 out of, you know, back when people still had cash and got a bunch of stuff out of the vending machine. And that was the last time I remember vividly getting food out of a vending machine. Uh, uh, what's amazing to me about, about that story is that your takeaway is that's the last time you got a vending machine. You ran 20 miles. If I had run 20 miles ever, if I'd run one mile, that would be, I'd be, bra- I would be on this entire show. Let me tell you about my one mile run. You ran 20 and all you want to tell me about is the vending machine. This is your, this is how you view that story. Well, because I was so hungry. Like I couldn't physically wait. I could wait till the nine game was get? over. I got everything. I think I got like two <laughs> rows of stuff because again, the game went 18 innings, maybe it was 16 innings. I can't remember now. It was the game that Chris Davis pitched 
iced his arm for a week after. It was a crazy game. So you couldn't also mail in your story. You had to really like work post game. And I was like woozy. And they brought Dunkin' Donuts in in the back. And let me tell you, Dunkin' Donuts in a press box, it was gone as soon as I heard about it. So that's that's my vending machine experience. I like to have snacks on hand. Those of you still trying to eat healthy in the new year, I always have snacks. I always have a bar in my car, in my purse. I have multiple snacks on hand. But not. But what's a snack you have in your purse that's not a vending machine type snack? I have like a protein bar, but the vending machine selection I find is always subpar. All right. So basically what you're telling me is my, my mistake wasn't the pretzels. It was the, the this, uh, yeah, well, I was not a Boy Scout and this is unfortunately how I roll um, at, at all times. All right. Before we get to the Terry McLaurin stuff, we've got Paul on the line from Southern Maryland. He's got some thoughts about Brandon Sheriff. Paul, you're on with Ben and Britt. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yes, um, thank you. Yeah. So uh, with the Brandon Sheriff thing, um, now, I understand that it, it appears as though he doesn't want to be here because he didn't want to sign the long-term deal. However, um, I don't know that he's necessarily indicated that. Could it possibly be that with the franchise tag, I believe right now the highest-paid guard in the league makes around $16 million. Uh, maybe he just knew that the franchise tag would pay him more than the contract extension would be, and now that there's not going to be a franchise tag on the table. Perhaps he will find that deal. Uh, it's, it's a good thought. So here would be my take on, on, on that. So let's just say, so Joe Thune signed a multi-year contract last year. Somewhere, I don't have it in front of me, like 16, 17 million per year. If Washington said to Sheriff, here's the deal that he signed, five years, 17 million a year, that's a lot of money. Here's that deal, will you take it? That would mean that Brandon Sheriff would be taking a pay cut for the individual year. And people just generally... Don't do that, if you're, especially if you're staying where you are. And look, he's in a uh, maybe he's not an ascending player, but he's still in the in his prime of his career. He's coming off another Pro Bowl season. Debate whether he was or you know should be that guy or not. It's on the resume. He's got that again. He's going to be one of the better guards. I don't think he's taking the cut. And yeah, he does. The tag isn't there. But the thing is, I think the real story is he's going to want to say, hey, if you're not tagging me, I'm going to look and see what else is out there in the world. Now maybe he gets out in free agency. And nobody comes close to what Washington offered him last year. That's possible, I guess. And if that's the case, maybe he says, hey, 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 I'm sorry. Did I, did I overreact before? Did I? Did we not return your calls? Did, did we not agree to, oh, I'm sorry, let's go back. But on the assumption that some team out there says, hey, Brandon, we're, we're, we're in, you know, whatever the deals are, I, I just don't, I just think there's too many variables to me that say he is out the door unless something odd happens that we just can't see right now. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I it, Listen, the way you describe this, though, it's kind of like a, a relationship gone wrong where they're like, you know what, it's going to be better if we break up. And then they, they look around and they're like, oh, my gosh, there's nobody else out here. Never mind. Never mind. I want to get back together. Yeah, and, and look, Washington is one of the – it has uh, – I think they're like fifth right now in available salary cap according to the current projections. So they are one of the few teams that could probably give him a pretty big deal, at least in terms of 2022 numbers, to get him where he wants to be. But – like I said, at some point, they've gone down this route too many times and nothing's even come close. That's the thing. It's not like they've had, by any stretch, overt. Like It's not even today Martin Mayhew didn't say they had great conversations. He just said, we made him an offer to be the highest paid guard in the league. And obviously, whatever they said on the other end uh, was like, yeah, we're good. So that that doesn't bode well moving forward, uh, I would say, at, at, at this point. Um, 
Britt, but we teased before Terry McLaurin. Mm -hmm. He is somebody who will be here next year one way or the other. He's going into the last year of his rookie contract because he was not a first-round pick. That means it's a four-year deal. And right now, as of yesterday, with on Monday when the season ended, he was open to negotiate a new deal. And this is a no-brainer on every front. Uh, you know, in, in the post-O.J. Uh, Simpson world, I never assume I know anything about anybody. But this guy is about as good as it seems to get on the field, off the field, the kind of guy you want your daughter to date, the locker room leader. He plays hard. He's a really talented player. When he speaks to us, we gave him the media good guy award this year because he doesn't just, he's not just available. He gives us really thoughtful answers. Everything you could want, this guy delivers, even with lousy quarterback play, relatively speaking. It should be a no brainer to say, yeah, give him an extension. Let's get this done. But then last week, Ron Rivera was not exactly, he, he didn't embrace the moment. He didn't just say, look, Terry's great. We obviously want to keep him. Let's do this. He kind of gave up, well, we're going to evaluate the situation like with everything else. And that put people into a panic mode. Like, what on earth are you talking about? So I had a chance the other day to talk to Terry McLaurin um, about some of this. He said he didn't know what Rivera had said. He said, because he's a thoughtful guy, that he's not above evaluation. Uh, are, are you above evaluation? No, I don't think anybody is. Right. It's a fair It's a fair point. Some people would take offense to what Rivera had said. He, I told him that what he said. He's like, no, I'm cool with that. But on the other hand... You know, he said, look, I get it. I, it's going to be a conversation. I am up for an extension. You know, he, he didn't specifically say he was, you know, I'm all in to stay. But logically, you think you would. And they should be saying, let's go. So Rivera today was asked about it. I think, again, it was me. I was hogging the mic a lot today. This was a good quote, though, from him that you got. Well, I don't have it in front of me. So if you have it. Yeah, I, I do have it. He said, uh, well, he said his agent's going to read your articles, first of all, Ben. So give yourself a pat on the back. Absolutely. Um, he said, Terry is somebody that we most certainly do want to make sure we get something worked out going forward. We want to do it the right way. Those are things that are obviously in discussions with us right now as we start preparing for the offseason. That's pretty warm. I think that's pretty, that's much better than what he said earlier. That's basically like, hey, guys. Don't, I can't say anything too great about him because his agent's going to use it against me in negotiations. I mean, that's cute, and I get it, but that's this is let's, but we can be realistic. The numbers are what the numbers are. I, in my story that I had up on The Athletic, I mean, I didn't poll every team in the league, but I checked in with some uh, high-ranking personnel executives around the league, and, when I, and two years ago, when Rivera first got here, Washington was in the mix to get Amari Cooper, who was a free agent wide receiver at the time. He eventually signs with Dallas for a five years, $100 million. Washington, according to reports, actually offered him more than that. He just really wanted to play with Dallas. I asked people around the league now, who would you rather have, Cooper or McLaurin? And of the ones I got, it was pretty unanimous to say they'd rather have Terry McLaurin. Now, this is on top of the fact that the salary cap, because last year it went down a bunch because of the pandemic, it's exploding up this year to north of $200 million from like 185 last year. There will be a plenty of opportunity to pay McLaurin. I feel like this is the ultimate no-brainer to get this done, but this will be an interesting test to see, can Washington botch this? I, there's it Seemingly, it's an impossible botch. I don't know what the number is. They don't, you know, Because he's not a true free agent, he doesn't have maybe as much leverage now if he wants to get paid. This is more of like a baseball kind of a deal. you got players on their rookie deals if you want to sort of blow that off blow, you know, and, and get get paid real money now kind of thing. We can sort of tear that up to a degree. He'll still play on this year. 
So they can offer him a ton of money and get this done. I think the question, it's not even a question, will it get done? I'm just curious the process. They have to get this done. This is the ultimate no-brainer. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And you know what, Ben? I think they will get it done. Reading between the lines, and again, I wasn't there live, and I can see the body language. It sounds like they got to bring this guy back, especially if they don't go get this huge quarterback. I mean, who are they going to put on billboards with the new gear? Who are they going to advertise as, like, this guy is part of us now and part of us for a while, right? I think you want to give people – that would be great PR around the Today Show announcement, I think. So I think you got to get it done. But That, that would be interesting timing. And by the way, the, the player who last year would have been the true poster child for this is Chase Young. Chase Young obviously had a disappointing year, only one and a half sacks before he has a, a season-ending knee injury in Week 10. Uh, obviously, Chase Young is still a big part of what this team is about, but he is no longer – the obvious, well, he's the poster child for this team. Terry McLaurin, to me, is definitely that guy. This is They've got to work this out. I'm not so much worried that they won't. i just been curious to see what happens here and how long this drags out uh, before they get it done. Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. And we will discuss it a little bit later on. But you know what I want to talk about next is that game last night, the college football playoff game. And you know what I really want to talk about, Ben? Is this whole setup, this college football playoff setup that was supposed to generate all this attention and money and viewers, is it failing? I think you can make the case that it may be failing. I'll explain that when we get back. 8.30, we're going to go into Adam Kaplan, talk NFL playoffs. Stick with us, Bricciaroli, Ben Standing on 106.7 The Fan. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, welcome back. 1067 The Fan, Ben Standing, Britcha Rowley here with you on this beautiful Tuesday evening. Chilly but beautiful. I saw that look, Ben. Well, it I, is cold. I think we have to have, we may have different definitions of beautiful. You are from like New England, so for you, this might be like normal. I'm not exactly from Miami, but mm, no. It's beautiful because we're in studio together with our friend Donald. Oh, well, now I, now I feel bad. I thought you were yeah, talking straight you. weather. I didn't think you were talking about the human connection here. My bad. You know, we're not outside doing this. Imagine if we're outside doing this. So, so okay, a quick quick setup here. So that we, we do the the, um, the press conference today with Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew. 
they because of the the whole COVID situation, they had to create a space for us to work in this year. So they had like a a, a tent built, and I'm not saying a tent like the kind you have in the backyard when you, when you're like ten years old, a, a sleepover type thing. I'm saying like a professional tent or whatever. And it had a heater situation, but it was a very weird dynamic in that in order to hear, you had to turn the heater off for anybody to hear each other. And when you turned the heater off and what was the temperature today? 20 degrees. Or yeah. Something. So, and we talked for like over 30 minutes. It's not that it, it goes from like feeling not great, but okay to absolutely freezing. I was so cold the whole time. Like I was trying to figure out how do I put my gloves on and tweet. At the same time, couldn't do it. Uh, so one of the reporters has a heating pad. Like it was absolutely insane. So the idea of doing it outside, I basically did that today. It just if we if it had rained, I would have been good. Other than that, I basically was outside for that thirty minute press conference, and it was not fun. You know those little portable heaters, like the ones that you put in like your shoes and pockets and stuff. In yes. April during baseball season, I will. My husband's a hunter, so he's got packs of them. I'll take a couple of those, put them in my jacket, and you wouldn't believe they really do help. Like put them in your jacket, like. Put them in my jeans pocket, you know, so like create that heat. Just so you know, if it, oh, I hope you don't have to replicate this next year, but if you do, those little those little heat things are great. Uh, I believe part of the Washington's offseason uh, program, somewhere after quarterback, is figuring out a different situation for for the media. I, I I hoping they put the same amount of focus and attention as they do as to how the whether they go draft or free agents. But I'm um, not going to count on that. Yeah. But but they did fine by us. It's ultimately they did what they had to do. Uh, all right, but you want to talk college football? There was a big game yesterday. Congrats to the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, beat Alabama. Glad somebody could uh, could take down Nick Saban for once. But um, my sense is you're not so much wanting to talk about the game, more about who was not watching the game. Yeah, so here's what's crazy, Ben, is that since the college football playoff era in 2014, it got this audience of 34.6 million people. Do we remember what that game was? I don't know. If we... No, look okay. it up real quick while I'm babbling on here about numbers. Um the lowest total was last year. Obviously, our country was in the throes of a pandemic. Um, can kind of understand only 18.7 million people watched that game. But now we have this year this big SEC SEC rematch. Georgia, Alabama. You know, it's going to be this highly watched game. You've got Nick Saban. You've got Kirby Smart. You know, you're down in the South. Everybody loves football. It's going to be a huge game. This is the second most popular sport in the country behind the NFL. And it was only watched by 22.6 million people. It was the second lowest ratings of the college football playoff era. So what I'm wondering is, is this broken? This football playoffs, are are people tired of Alabama being in it? Or are they realizing, like I realized about halfway through that game last night, that Ohio State was clearly the best team in the country? Is the system flawed? Do you think, Ben, to the point where the best teams aren't even in it now and people are just meh? Or is it a case of I'm tired of watching Alabama year after year? I mean, I do think there has to be something to that. I mean, like, I appreciate greatness. I don't like parody. But the college football dynamic has gotten weird. I mean, I'm old enough to remember. I guess, honestly, anybody who's listening to this is old enough to remember the pre-playoff world where – the Rose Bowl, the Orange Bowl, the Sugar Bowl all had their specific identity. It was the, you know, obviously the, the Rose Bowl still kind of does it. The, the Big Ten, or sorry, the, the, the yeah, the Big Ten versus the Pac-12 and, uh, you know, the SEC camp would typically go to the Sugar Bowl. But now these things are different because 
of this situation. I think for one, it has messed up all the other bowls. They've they've yes. they, they've made it very clear all the other bowls are irrelevant. Yes, the fans of those teams that play will be excited, but you've told us that these games don't matter in the grand scheme of things. I think that's part of it. But then, yes, it is always basically the same four teams this year. Now, we did have Cincinnati this year in the mix. That's different. And I know Michigan hadn't been there for a minute, but they're a blue blood program. It feels like they're there every year, even if Ohio State would say, are you serious? They're never there. They got lucky once and all that stuff. By the way, that game you're referencing, it was a different matchup. It was Ohio State and Oregon uh, back in in, in that uh I guess 2014 season that that had the ratings. I I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, I think also Georgia, not the sexiest team. Defense, I know defense wins championships, so that people tell me. It doesn't sell though, necessarily. And they didn't have they don't have like their quarterback was a fun story, a walk on, but he's not some dynamic player. And even Alabama's quarterback, Bryce Young, won the Heisman. I'm not getting the Trevor Lawrence once in a generation type vibes. And so I don't know, maybe there was this lack of sex appeal to some degree with this game and the boredom factor of a oh boy two sec teams again well it was nine to six after the first half and like i like football but that was like some hard-nosed not super exciting football right i mean wasn't it the wasn't it the rose bowl this year that had like i don't know crazy amount of points that was put up all of a sudden right wasn't that the rose bowl game where it was just like non-stop it was with ohio state right where it was just non-stop action um and just those are, I think, more appealing games. And I wonder, too, if Alabama fans, and my sister is one of um, these annoying Alabama alums who basically halfway through the year were like, well, we're not we're not Alabama this year. We don't look like the powerhouse anymore. So even though they went to the national championship, a lot of people were like, well, they're not the spectacle they usually are to watch, right? They don't have 10 guys who are going to go to the NFL next year. It's just a different team for Nick Saban. And I wonder if that kind of dampened some of it a little bit too it's just very surprising to look at those numbers and realize wow a lot of people just did not care about this game ironically i'm looking at that game where you said it had the big ratings and the quarterback was somebody whose name was actually mentioned on this show earlier marcus mariota wow that doesn't mean anything i just wanted to say there's some symmetry there the fact that one of the guys who I think he probably was disparaged earlier in his mention because, again, he would not be somebody people would be excited about coming here. But clearly, on that date, people were thrilled to watch Marcus Mariota in ways they were not excited to watch Stetson Bennett. Correct. And, again, I think you got to fix the playoffs to some extent. And I was looking at Twitter a little last night, and it seems like they haven't made any decisions on what they're going to do in the future regarding – these games, I don't, I don't know. Do you have a, a solution, Ben? I don't really have a fix. I mean, it can't be. What what is unfortunate is college basketball is so exciting. The way that tournament is set up, the way anybody can make it in, the way when you get to the championship game, no one says you didn't earn it, right? You had to go through so many games after the regular season. Football's not like that. There's no easy fix. And you know, even in the NFL, uh, you know, you lose early and you get off to a bad start. I mean, look at Miami. You're not ever really able to climb out from under that hole. And you can say, you know, whether or not Miami deserved to let go of their coach, I don't really think that they did. I think they showed some real progress. But, you know, in football, in college football, you can lose a game and your season could be over before September is over. Oh, college football is no, there's almost no mercy. If you lose, obviously, you know, you lose two games, you got no shot. But for some teams, you lose one game, it's all over. If Cincinnati had lost one game, they had negative percent chance of actually making the, uh, the, the playoffs, even if they were truly one of the better 
teams. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think college football's problem, he says with air quotes, is the the teams at the tippy top are just simply way better. If people, if people who view Georgia as an underdog, that team has, like, I don't even know, 15 to 20 guys who will be in the NFL, just based on what everybody seems to suggest. They're not underdog. It's only because Alabama is so much better than everybody else over time that it makes it feel that way. Speaking of overtime, that's what we're doing here. We're here till 9. Ben Standing, Britt Jaroli hosting Overtime. Up next, we're talking NFL playoffs and the quarterback search for the Washington football team with NFL insider Adam Kaplan here on 106.7 The Fan. All right, Ben Standing and Britt Jaroli here with you until 9 o'clock. Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. We're going to talk NFL playoffs and the quarterback search, not just for Washington, but it's a bunch of teams around the league. Uh, hopefully, Adam Kaplan from SiriusXM will be joining us in just a second. Britt was just asking me if I'm excited for the NFL playoffs. Uh, obviously, Washington is not in there, so for me, it is not a work situation. It is a watch situation. And I, I think my biggest takeaway, Britt, obviously, you know, you're intrigued by some of the situations. Can Tom Brady somehow win another Super Bowl? Can Aaron Rodgers, after everything he's gone through, can he um, get to uh, possibly win a second Super Bowl? The AFC has got some wild uh, situations there. But honestly, for me, the favorite thing is we're done with the rift raft for the most part. The NFL has so many teams that are terrible, not not enjoyable to watch. And for the most part, maybe we can quibble about a couple teams here who are still playing. For the most part, all that's over. We just have the steak. We've cut off the fat, and we can hopefully have some fun football action to watch. Yeah, that's true. I, You know what, though? What I always like about this is, like, is a team going to come out of nowhere and upset one of these top teams, right? You know, you, we, we kind of look at this in tiers, and it's like, all right, well, a lot of these teams, like the Packers and, you know, with the Chiefs, and, you know, you put you put teams on tiers. And then you look and you're like, well, the Steelers, I mean, how are they going to do anything? Or, or the Ravers, you know? You look at these teams that kind of squeaked in. Are they going to be able to continue this success? Are they going to have an upset here? That's what I want to know. That's why I That's why I kind of love about just any kind of playoffs in general, Ben, is that all it takes is like one play, one inch, one dropped pass, and all of a sudden the fate of an entire season is is completely changed. Yeah, for for sure, and I I think Adam is with us right now. Maybe we can we were going to start with the quarterbacks, but since we're talking playoffs, we can start there. Uh, Adam Kaplan, NFL insider from Sirius XM. Adam, thank you for uh, for for your time on this uh, Tuesday night. Uh, we were just discussing how excited we are for the playoffs. I was saying I'm glad we've moved on from the rift raft, and now we're on to the really good teams. Uh, what game are you most excited about watching uh, this weekend? Uh, good to be with you guys. I would say if I had my druthers, uh, uh, the game that I find to be most intriguing, probably the Patriots and Bills, just because I, I, I want to see how Mac Jones does in cold weather. We'll see what the wind looks like. You know, the, the Bills really handled the Patriots in the last game at New England, by the way. Uh, they, we remember the windy game where the, the, the Patriots would not let Mac Jones throw because he can't in the wind. He just said, I have a strong enough arm. Because I thought Mac Jones was overrated to begin with when he was drafted. Nothing has changed my mind. I know how smart he is from talking to someone with the Patriots, but we, we got we got to see how he does. I think that game is so much. It's very intriguing to me uh, of the of the six games on Super Wild Card Weekend, as they're calling it. Um, although we have a Monday game, which is not the weekend, but 
Uh, I'm looking forward to that one. But that rate, I got to tell you though, that Raider Charger game was the game of the year. I, I still blown away by what happened in that Sunday night game. Yeah, Adam. Speaking of you know the Raiders and we were talking about the Steelers a little early on. Do you have like an upset pick? Do you have a team that maybe people are are sleeping on that could absolutely wreak havoc on this first weekend? So the team that could upset, you know, I, I'm not a big 49ers supporter, but I could tell you from talking to the Niners before the game last week, I was told by a very strong source that Jimmy Garoppolo, according to the source, you could not tell that there was any difference between on that thumb before he broke it and then after, you know, he started practicing with it, which is almost hard to understand because he's got two issues going with that right thumb. He's probably going to need surgery when he's done playing. But they put, their front is so good. They're so well coached. I'm not. I still would pick the Cowboys, but if you're looking for an upset special, it would be the 49ers based on the way they're playing right now. I could not agree more. I have. I pulled up in front of me here the the Dallas Cowboys schedule because obviously it feels like Dallas may be the greatest team of all time based on the two <laughs> games I saw them play yeah. against Washington. However, since their bye week, which is in Week Seven, here are the teams that they beat. Minnesota, Atlanta, New Orleans, Washington twice, the Giants, and the Eagles last week who didn't play a whole bunch of their starters, including their quarterback Jalen Hurts. And other than the Eagles, what all those teams have in common is they won't be playing in this weekend either. It's fair. Listen, it's fair. But they're really good. They're really well coached. But that's fair because scheduling doesn't matter. The Eagles have not played a team over 500 in over two months. I mean, beaten, excuse me, a team that's over 500. So... Uh, it'll be hard for them, but I, I definitely believe that the Niners are capable of beating Dallas. And by the way, you know, this isn't yet another year. Two years in a row, the away teams were better than the home teams this season. It makes no sense with the fans back, but it is what it is. Talking to Adam Kaplan from Sirius XM. Adam, when you look at the Packers, um, what they've been able to do, obviously Aaron Rodgers probably going to be MVP, a big story this year in the NFL. Um, what, what team do you feel like has the best chance to beat them? Well, it, the thing is, they're the only undefeated team at home, and that, that doesn't mean something. And they're play, it, I mean, Rogers, I have to vote in two polls. One of them is the Pro Football Rogers Association. Uh, Rogers will definitely be my vote uh, for the MVP. What team could beat them in the NFC? Dallas, if they get – Dallas is a team because they've got so much firepower and their defense is playing so well. Uh, I think they could give them a game. Dallas has won some games on the road. I think they could match up well. The Rams, I just don't understand – I don't, I, the Rams, you know, I remember talking to the Raiders. They, they, they spent um, some time with them in the preseason. They, 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 they joined practice. And I remember them telling me that they're a very top-heavy team. They had very little bench help. Part of it's because they traded away a lot of the draft picks. But right. I thought they were a top-heavy team. There's just something wrong with them. I don't know what the record's very good. Just, there's something wrong with that team. That, 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 I mean, the record's good, but I think they're sort of underachieving. I would have to say, the, obviously, the Bucks because of the defending champs. And though they've got some injury concerns, they match up really well. The two teams that would have a chance to beat the Packers would be the Bucks and the Cowboys right now. Yeah, I would like the Bucks a little bit more if they still had Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown. Yep. Situation yep. had not unfolded the way it was, but obviously, you know, you still got Evans. You still got um, you still got obviously Tom Brady there. Uh, by the way, what is is I have not checked this. Is Leonard Fournette? Is there a sense that he could actually come back because playoff Lenny was obviously a huge deal. Yeah. For them last year, or is it? Or are they going to have to rely on Ronald Jones to help uh, carry the load on the ground? No, they think he's going to return. Um, they, yeah, the only the only guy that they're not sure of right now is uh, 
Well, you know what? They, they, they pretty much feel like everyone could. Cyril Grayson, who had been starting a receiver, uh, they don't know if he's going to be able to play. And Levante Davis, the big one at inside linebacker. Their run defense has not been good lately, the last two weeks, and he's got an ankle injury. He's on injury reserve. Uh, they're hopefully he'll practice starting tomorrow, but they don't know. He's the big one. They don't know. In fact, he did not play in the first Eagles matchup in Philly where they, they really handled the Eagles. The game was that game was 28-22, but the Eagles were down 28-7, to and then the, the, the Bucks played soft defense, and the Eagles made the score look better than it really was. Adam, when you look at We've been talking a lot about the Washington football team and their need for a quarterback. And Ron Rivera spoke today, and it seems very clear that he's kind of leaning toward getting an established quarterback, not going through the draft. This is going to be his third year. Obviously, he needs to show some kind of improvement. Um, When you look at this organization, what, what are the options here? What do you feel like is going to be the end game for this team? Who's going to be the quarterback next year? Well, it's funny you asked the question about the quarterback because I'm already on free agency. I'm doing some coaching stuff, but I always get started right around now, the first week of the playoffs, I'm starting get, just getting an early look. It's all about quarterback. By my count, and I've never seen it like this, this is my 21st year of covering the NFL, 10 to 12 teams do not know who their starting quarterback's going to be uh, for for 2022. Now, we could, we don't have enough time for me to go over why so many teams, but or you know individually, but I could tell you it's either the starting quarterback's not under contract, he is, but they, they're not sold on him, or B, they've got a young quarterback they're not sure is ready yet, and it's it's just this is where we're at. And then the teams like Minnesota, because of contract structure on Kirk Cousins' restructure, they're locked in. They, there's no one will take his contract. He's owed thirty five million dollars in his base salary, fully guaranteed. No one will take that contract. So this is this is the problem. The, the Washington's going to have. I, I don't agree with that. If I didn't see Ron's quotes, but I, I get it's not a great year for the draft in terms of quarterbacks. But that's why you have a scouting staff. I know Ron has personnel control, but he's got to lean on a scouting staff. They've got to get a developmental quarterback in there. I, I, w- last time I was on with you guys, I, as much as I like Taylor Heineck, I told you there's no way he'd be the starter in 22. No chance. He's a great backup. He was a great, he's been an unbelievable story. I've got to give Scott Turner credit for you know, ha- developing this guy in three different places. But the guy's not a long-term starter. They know that. Everybody knows that. They've got to find that quarterback, and it starts this year. They've got to draft a quarterback. And you want to add another veteran, go ahead. But you got to get a developmental quarterback this year. Right, and we're talking with uh, Adam Kaplan, Sirius XM Radio, NFL Insider Extraordinaire, at Kaplan, NFL Kaplan with a C. So, Adam, I think the, the issue for me is what is the level of desperation with Ron Rivera? It's not just that they've had two losing under 500 records here in Washington, it's four in a row for him, and it's eight out of eleven. If we're going to look at his whole situation, and if you draft a rookie, you know that could be a little bit, a little bit of a development. Maybe that means another losing season, and then what does that mean? And I think that's what's interesting about the situation. But even if Rivera is flat out desperate to get a veteran, he's not alone, and that's where I think exactly like Carolina, Denver seem like teams. How many teams do you think of the ten or twelve are flat out desperate that they really are going to be the teams who, if Vets are available, or whatever the situation is, are going to say we're going all in to get a quarterback. Well, Carolina is. Um, they were heavily involved with Watson. I could tell you for a thousand percent, they're going after a quarterback. It's just they might add two. Uh, they're definitely going to add at least one. It's going to be significant. Denver's going to do something major at quarterback, whether it's director free agency. They know it. They've got a George Payton inherited a good roster. He had a very good draft, but the Teddy Bridgewater uh, situation did not work out at all. Bridgewater is seen by NFL teams only as a backup. That was a mistake. 
but Peyton will correct that. I know he had him in, in Minnesota, but they're gonna, they have to because they're so good at receiver, so good at running back, good offensive line, good defense. Don't have a quarterback. You cannot win in the National Football League when you don't have a solid quarterback. It's just this isn't 2000 with Trent Dilfer as the quarterback for the Ravens, and you hide the quarterback and you run the ball all the time, play great defense. The league has changed in 21 years, so things have things have just got to change up there. But yeah, Carolina and Denver will be the two most desperate teams. But well, I should, we'll put Houston in there once they move to Sean Watson. They don't, they have no idea. They like Davis Mills. He's been a good story, but I don't know if they're sold on him to be their starter. We've got to see what happens with Carson Wentz. Again, I could go through every team here of, of my 10 to 12 teams, and you go, wow, I didn't know it was that many. It is. Pittsburgh, by the way, they don't have a quarterback for next year under contract who's going to be their starter. So there's just so many of them. There's just so many teams. It's, I've never seen it like this. It's, it's a quarterback-driven league. This is the worst I've ever seen it. Um, Adam, in the 30 seconds I have left, what's the who's the bridge quarterback? If you can't get – the Watson Rogers tier. What's the thing next underneath that the Washington maybe could target? Well, you have one in Taylor Heineke. That that's he's a good one. He's he's going to be one of the better ones. I mean, there there's when you really look at it, you know, the Mitch Trubisky's of the world are going to be out there. He's now with Buffalo. I mean, they're going to be the Teddy Bridgewater. He's available. They they cut his con, you know they restructured his contract to make him a free agent. These guys are. I mean, Heineke is better than quite frankly. Heineke is a better football player than Teddy Bridgewater. He clearly is. So if you look at it, those are the type of guys who are going to be out there. Now, also, some of these guys will be cut. You know, he's a good one. Trevor Simeon did a really good job for the Saints this season. Don't look at the record. His tape is much better. But those are the kind of guys who are going to be out there, folks. Thanks so much, Adam. We really appreciate it. It's, uh, it's crazy. I, I said to Ben off air, this is the most popular sport in the country, and only a dozen guys can do this job at the level required. It's just crazy when you think about it. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's... It's going to be fun, folks. It's good. I'll be happy to talk to you more about it. Uh, for your, I'll be at the Senior Bowl, Ben. I don't know if you'll be there, but I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back there, and we'll know more. The plan is to be there. This name change situation might mess me up, yeah, but I will. Right. Ho- hopefully I will see you there. Uh, Adam Kaplan, at Kaplan NFL on Twitter, uh, Sirius XM. Adam, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much. You got it, guys. Thanks. All right, quarterback talk there. We've got more to do, some more Washington football team talk before we wrap it up. Ben Standick, Bricciaroli here on 106.7 The Fan. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back. Fritcheroli, Ben standing, 106.7 The Fan. I was jamming out to this, Ben. Didn't even realize we were back. I was watching to see how long it was going to take before you stopped doing the, uh, you know, going up and down. See, I'm so jealous. I can't do that. You've got longer hair. I can't grow. Like, uh, without a doubt, I want the long hair to, to jam out to. You know, uh, it's, uh, it, 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 is, it is a failure of my life. You know, man buns are in, though. So, I think so. Still. Uh, the one at the, the 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 literal only positive aspect of the pandemic was you know we couldn't get haircuts at least I couldn't you know because I was living living alone and I wasn't going to go anywhere so the hair grew out and I just have the 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 jufro that just goes up basically so it got it, it got long that way but not long down to the shoulders uh, and I was you know I was I was hoping I was like come on let's work this out but it did not happen. 
didn't happen, gotcha. Well, yep. Last segment. This has been a great show. I mean, I'm excited for the game, Snapped. I was already excited after talking to Adam Kaplan, last segment, XM. Um, he's right. There could be, there's some teams like you just don't know what to make of. And I'm glad he mentioned um, the Rams because I feel like you're not really sure. There's like a lot of teams where it's like, well, what do you make of these teams? Well, he, he didn't mention it specifically, but like the Matthew Stafford thing, like everybody just kind of kept saying Matthew Stafford was being overlooked because the Lions were terrible and he was stuck with that. And Mike, look, and I'm like Stafford. If Washington had gotten him, I would have been fine with that. But I always think if you are a legit quarterback, uh, you can, you're going to carry some team to 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 more than what the Lions ended up doing. So we'll see. This is what's interesting is, did Stafford, um, is he enough? And if they go out in the first round, n- none of these teams want to go out in the first round, especially the home team. But that's a team that has mortgaged their future. They've, tr- they've gone all in hard with all their moves. Most of these other teams, sure, they've made aggressive moves, but they haven't traded away all their picks like the Rams. Had so to the Rams, I think there's almost even more pressure to uh, than than some of uh, a lot of these other teams. Agreed, and the Cardinals are not a bad team by any means. I mean, they've had some clunkers. Um, I think they're one in four over their last five games. Um, but I could certainly see Kyler Murray having a, a bounce back game. And as you mentioned, Matt Stafford has picked a really bad time to make some really bad decisions. And that roster is loaded with talent. Sean McVay, you know, has done a great job in assembling um, that talent. But I think they could be primed to to go out early. They could have an early exit, and it wouldn't surprise me. There's a bunch of teams on here. Uh, Adam mentioned the Cowboys uh, potentially being a team that loses to the 49ers, and and that wouldn't really surprise me either. Now, what would surprise me is if the Steelers were able to somehow um, upend the Chiefs. I mean, I think that would be a shocker. But there's a lot of games here that I'm like, ah, coin flip. Yeah, I mean, ultimately – for me, it's just which teams do I feel comfortable with? And the answer is not a ton, but you know, Green Bay, I feel relatively comfortable, even though their defense scares me. I think Kansas City, they've really bounced back over the course of the last um, you know, a couple of months. You know, they did lose to the Bengals the other day, but I feel pretty comfortable looking at them. Uh Tampa Bay, yes, mostly because of their they won the title last year in Tom Brady, but you know, they're a little bit less. They've been some kind of fluky this year. And I do like Buffalo, even though, you know, they were a little more spotty this year than I thought they would be early on. But other than that, it's really hard to just say, wow, these teams are going to be good. The Bengals and the Cardinals are examples of maybe they run it all the way to to, the end, to their respective conference championship games, but they haven't been here yet. So I need to see it before I'm ready to to sort of wrap my arms around them as, as a team that's going to get that far. You're right. And are the Raiders still kind of flying high, right? I mean, is momentum that big of a deal? So I, I don't know. It's... It's really interesting when you think about it. And I agree with you. The Packers are a safe bet. They also have a bye, so we're not going to see them here this first weekend. Um, has, has the NFL ever had Monday night games for like a, the wild card weekend? No, this is the first time they've expanded to the super wild card weekend. Uh, for sure. By the way, just to put this in context with Washington, Washington this year, 2-7 and seven against teams that are in the playoffs. And if you factor in the Chargers and the Saints, who are basically the last two teams knocked out, 2-9. and nine. And the teams that they did beat, the Giants twice, terrible, and so on. So Washington has got a step or two to go before they get to the playoffs, and that's what we talked about here. How will they do that? But, Britt, we are going to have to step out of here because they're going to kick us out of here one way or the other in about 20 seconds. Uh, ben Standing and Britt Giroli, we've had a blast once again talking to you guys on 106.7 The Fan. You can read us over on The Athletic. But until next time, see ya. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.